forever. Dog. Do not go gentle into that good night. Poetry, I feel, is a tyrannical discipline. I was trying to tell a story. The book came to me in a sort of a haze. This is how to write a good short story. No hope, just booze and madness. Everyone in the world has gone to bed one night or another with fear. I saw the best minds of my generation destroyed by madness. Now, lend me your ears. Hello and welcome to another edition of Literati, the premier literary podcast for no one by nobody. That's right. We're your hosts, Michael Wolf and Colin O'Brien. And sure, we might not be household names in the world of literature up there on your bookshelves with the Virginia Wolfs or the Tim O'Briens. But that's not why we write. That's not why we've dedicated our lives to writing. There's more to creating art than simply the pursuit of fame, fortune and recognition. In fact, there's an old 19th century French slogan that goes, L'art pour l'art. Which in English means, I'll have two more hot dogs, please. Nope, it means art for art's sake. And it expresses a philosophy of the intrinsic value of art. Art doesn't just have value if it's popular. What do you think about that, Michael? Well, for some mysterious reason, I'm now in the mood for hot dogs. So I'm going to go see if Nathan's will deliver. But I also think that... French thing you said, it's kind of nice. And you know, it's true, being an artist, being a writer, it's a noble profession, and any piece of art, whether it achieves worldwide fame and recognition or doesn't, still has value. We cannot compare ourselves to other artists and judge our successes or the successes of others. Sometimes you're ahead, sometimes you're behind. Sometimes great novels will go unnoticed, sometimes mediocre, even bad books We'll win awards and sell millions of copies. But we can't let these false markings of success, the monetary and the material, dictate which pieces of art we attribute value to. Because the real value of literature is internal. It's how a piece of writing makes you feel as a reader. That sound can only mean one thing. That's right, you crazy kids. You know what time it is. It's time to check the charts. That's right. We're checking the charts. It's time to see who's climbing and who's diving. So Michael and I have our New York Times right here. Okay, let's just... Okay, and we will just turn to the bestseller section. Okay, coming in hot at number 12 on the New York Times bestsellers list, combined print and ebook fiction, we've got Gabrielle Zevin's new novel, The Storied Life of A.J. Finerke. Woo! Glad to have you back on the bestseller list, Gabrielle. I bet she'll have a pretty storied life if she keeps churning out these hits. Oh, yeah. We're going to be seeing a lot more of her on the bestseller list. What else we got? Okay, Tess Gresserstein holds steady at number three in combined print and ebook fiction with her new fan favorite, Rosolian Isles novel, I Know a Secret, holding it down. Ooh, I know a secret too. That book rocks. Impressively, Tess has been boxing John Grisham out of the top three spot for two weeks now. Oh, Tess has got John Grisham at the door, but I'll tell you what, Grish, you can keep on knocking, but you can't come in. Now, Tess can't seem to snag that number two spot, so we'll see how long she can hold out at number three. Ernest Klein's Ready Player One is moving out of the top ten, falling all the way to number 14. (laughs) Moving out of the neighborhood. Hey, Ernie, say hello to your new neighbors, number 13 and 15. Now, we'd like to honor the ones we've lost this this week. Milk and Honey by Rupee Cower. You had a good run, Rupee. 
14 weeks on the bestseller list before you fell off completely and into oblivion. Milk and Honey is no longer on the menu, but come back strong with your next effort, won't you? This Day in History. It's time for This Day in History. All right. On this very day in 1990, the best-selling novel in the country was The Plains of Passage by Jean M. Aoul. <laughs> Can you believe we used to read that stuff? <laughs> oh, man. It seemed completely normal to us back then. <laughs> Different times. Now, we'd like to take a moment here to point out some glaring oversights on behalf of the New York Times bestseller list. Uh, Michael and I couldn't help but notice that once again, our book was snubbed. Yeah, our new erotic S&M novel, Screws It or Lose It, a classic story about a horny carpenter who must keep screwing or he'll lose everything, is nowhere to be found on this bestsellers list. Why is that? Because it's an awful book with more pictures and curse words than full sentences? Or because it hasn't been published and therefore can't be sold? It's an archaic system we're working with. Get with the times, times. And finally, your number one book on the New York Times bestseller list for 11 years straight. I I Hope They they Serve serve Beer in Hell by Tucker Max. So I guess we've learned that while recognition and awards are stupid and meaningless, they're also a lot of fun and the only real way to tell if your art is any good because winners win. That's true. But now, ladies and gentlemen, we have a real treat for you. We're about to bring on our guest reader for the evening. And let me tell you, we are so, so excited. You know her from TV, film, and the stage. You know her as the granny of Black Hollywood. Reading the foreword from her new forthcoming autobiography, please enjoy the words of Rochelle Ferreira. Michelle Ferrara, the granny of Black Hollywood, and I am here. Ha <laughs> ha! Hey! Woo! I am going to be reading from my book, which is out right now, and you must pick it up. And if you don't, you better have a good reason, okay? Ha! <laughs> All right, this is the full word. Hey, hey! Woo, you can't see me, but I'm kicking. Ha <laughs> ha! Kicked it right near the face. Woo! Okay. The foreword. How do you make a shooting star? Well, it starts with my mother's pussy. That's where I made my first entrance into the world. And I don't use the word entrance lightly. Or the word pussy lightly. You see, for nine months, I was waiting in the wings. And on November 24th, 1943, a star was born. And I'm not talking Bradley Cooper. <laughs> Who knew at that moment that I would go on to be known as the granny of black Hollywood, that I would play the mother of every great black actor that has ever lived. I knew, and I never let them forget it. In the following book, you will be shocked at my life being the first black student admitted to the Juilliard School for Acting. My coming of age in the free love era of the 70s, I fucked! I fucked so much! In chapter 10 of this book, I list the men that I fucked, and I rate them on how they fuck. De Niro, seven. 
Pacino. Six. Travolta. Ha ha ha. But you will also read searing tales of how I overcame insurmountable odds to align myself with the full peace and prosperity of my destiny. This book is for the young ones, the kids who follow me on Instagram and Twitters and say that I give them strength and that I remind them of their mothers, their aunts, their grandmothers. I love that! You will also read about my addiction, how down low and downtrodden I got under the veil of mental illness, how I was able to lift that veil with therapy and medication. Get help if you need it. Get help! This book is the first step towards that. Uh-huh. And finally, you will read about my artistic triumph. No one lights up the stage like I do, bitch. I'll tell you all about my collaborators and my greatest projects. From the ABC family comedy I currently star on, Black-esque, to my many roles in Motown biopics as the mothers of Tina Turner, Michael Jackson, all of the Temptations, R&B singer Mario, Tupac, Ashanti, Audra McDonald, RuPaul, Mariah Carey, Maria Carey, The Shirelles, and several Motown biopics which I cannot list here for legal reasons. Okay. Ha <laughs> ha Enough of this overture. Heed the music and turn the page, bitch. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here with huge news. We have a terrific episode of Office Hours Live prepared for you. We had the great stand-up comedian Kyle Kinane come in and a very special in-studio music session from legendary Emdu Mokhtar. You're not going to want to miss this one. You can find it on your podcast app of choice by going to Sears or Macy's and getting an iPod and then coming home, charging it up, and listening through your app. Wow. Rochelle Ferrara, thank you so much for doing the Literati podcast. That was, that was uh, I guess, the forward or promo for your autobiography? Yes. At the beginning of a book, there is a foreword. Usually it's written by someone who is not the author. And you said, hey, I don't need somebody else. I'm going to write my own foreword. You're the best author for the job. This book is not a traditional book. I lo- I mean, I've never wanted to read a book so much. You got me so hyped to read this book. I love it. I just have to say really quickly, you did kick me several times, first under the table, then in the chest, then just right across the head out of the pure, I would say, excitement and showmanship of your reading. That's what I'm known for. Kicking. I kick my face. I kick my way across the stage. I kick down the doors that block up us in Hollywood, us being black people, us being people with the voice. I kick. I do. Hey. And you got to keep kicking. 
You're still kicking. You just you said that you are you're currently on Black Esque. Yes, the show. on ABC. <laughs> I, I love it. Did you syndication? Run- <laughs> the checks come in. Oh, I that am was very residuals. paid. <laughs> did you run into? Did the sh- I mean, it wouldn't be you, but the show. Did it run into any legal trouble with Blackish? I I don't know her. No. My well, checks come from Black Esk, baby. I don't talk about what I don't know. Hey, fair enough. And yeah. that actually, that will. You're not gonna get me tonight. <laughs> fair I've enough. I've been in this business for 45 <laughs> years, motherfucker. Oh, fair enough. And that is that is one of the first rules you find out when you're writing, when you're in TV. If you claim not to know something, they can't get you. You plead the what? One, two, three, three four, four, and fifth. I'll, yeah. plead, I'll plead them all. I'll <laughs> plead them all. Get one, two, three, four, <laughs> and fifth. fifth. Yeah. <laughs> now I got. Hey! I gotta know. Does your mother enjoy you talking about her pussy? Yes, my mother told me that story. How else would I know? That's an I, infant does not carry memories. I sadly do remember all of it, but I have a rare medical condition called super brain. It's got, it's, uh, you have a lot of memories you wish you didn't, you didn't have. Yeah, I have, some people have photographic memories. I have a videographic memory and it's just every moment, everything I can play it back in gruesome detail. So I do remember, uh, my birth, but, um, you know, there's, I don't have to think about it unless. Is there anything you can tell us about your birth? Uh, it took place over a week. There was, I first was expelled from the, I'll. Use your word, pussy. From the pussy. You gotta say the pussy, bitch. I was you ex- came out from the pussy. Don't be shy. You touched the pussy. I don't know if you touch pussy now, but you did when you came out. I, I don't touch pussy. You see, in chapter 10, when I talk about the fuck, I don't mention no women. And it's not because I'm anti. I am an ally. Star is born. I am an ally, honey. But I tell you, I didn't touch that pussy. But you touched the pussy when you came out, okay? I would like to actually, you mentioned, hey! you mentioned some actors. And you, and you rated them. We got De Niro at seven, Pacino at six. Could we name some actors? And well, just... first Travolta was ha ha ha, which I assume means what a good lay. Ha ha ha! Yeah, that's so, what you think. So we'll we'll throw out some actors, and you can just quickly rate them. Uh, oh, did you read the book already? So these are coming from my book. Uh, oh, are you just gonna name people off of IMDb and just assume that I fucked them? Cause I, I did get around. Hey, we're just gonna pull up IMDb hey, and a I little did. bit of column A, a little bit of column I B. I did get around. I got around. I did. Uh, I got around. But uh, yes, you, you name and I probably did it. I tell you if I did it. I tell you, I'm open book. I'm selling my book. That's why I'm here. Hey, Alan Arkin. Now, with Alan, it was different because. It always is. With Alan, we didn't. Oh, I'm thinking of Alda. Oh, oh. sorry. Oh, oh. A- a- I always get them confused. Arkin is, is a three. Alda is an eight. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And Alda holds you afterwards. Alda, Alda do more than hold it. Hey, hey, you hold and you release. Oh. So we got uh, Arkin. Oh, we got Alda. Alda. Hey. So we are going alphabetically. Alphabetically, hey. <laughs> Michael- it's literature. Can you read? Okay. Alan Cummings. Alan Cummings. I didn't do that one, baby. Okay, Martin Freeman. <laughs> now that's the six. That's a British six, which in America is a four and a half. That's a four and a half. Because it's centimeters, and then it's it's this rate. The scale is different. And it seems like it's going to be classy, and then you realize that's just the accent. And, and you realize it's just the accent. Mm-hmm. And speaking of uh, uh, lengths and centimeters, Martin Short. Oh, Marty. 
No, Marty and I, that was professional. See, we did a movie together, and he tried it. He kept knocking on my trailer, but I said, no, 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 not while I'm at work. See, even when I was on the drugs and even when I was on the sexual addiction, I kept my professional life, what? Clean. Wow. That's why I'm still working, baby. Because mm-hmm. you cannot take it into work. See, now, I, I, I may have not gotten to this part of your book yet but i didn't realize you struggled with uh with uh drug and sexual addiction yes well the drugs for me it was just reefer but back then we thought that was a big problem now they want to legalize it but i would smoke all day fuck all night but that's just what we were doing back then because we did not know that you got to get into therapy mm-hmm. i had a i had a similar hey. You have a, I had a similar motto. Yeah. Uh, your, yours was uh, smoke all day, fuck all night. Mine was uh, sleep all day, sleep all night. So oh, pretty, it seems you like were severely depressed. Yeah, I was, was you in a coma, baby? Oh! <laughs> I was. It was. Uh, you gotta wake up. Oh no, no, no! Don't let that depression and that darkness take over you. Hey, hey! No, no, no! Not on my watch. So, um, you were famously. Oh, you got kicked again. Ow! <laughs> I have delayed nerve reaction. You were famously born a granny. Yes. Now, I, I mean, does that mean that your childhood was affected? Were you always treated as, a, as an elder in the community? Yes. I mean, there are people who know and there are people who don't know. I am someone who knows. And see, when you step onto a film set, which is how I've made my fame and fortune, is on camera as the granny of Black Hollywood. You were you were even getting you the granny roles early on. You have to know on set. You have to know. No one is going to teach you. No one is going to hold your hand. I was in this business 30 years. Never worked with a female director. Don't nobody care about me, my black ass on set. I know. And that is what made me a granny. And that is why I'm successful. Hey! Do you ever feel trapped by that? Woo! What'd you say? Do you ever feel, like, confined? Ooh. Do you ever wish that you could go out for a role of... Ooh. Okay, I feel like maybe I've touched a nerve. Well, you know, I've been in this industry a long time. I never thought of it like that. Mm. Oh, wow. I just know I keep getting cast as leading men and uh, bodybuilders and... You get all the bodybuilder roles. Yeah, and a lot of um, like rich, sensitive artists who are also bodybuilders. And it's great because I know how to do it. You know, it's in me. It's in my bones. It's what was the name of that movie out. again? Uh, Strong man do good. But it's tough because sometimes I want to play a mean person. Or see, I didn't know you acted. Dude. Well, I haven't. You know, I a lot you of be them acting are. It? I act. I uh, let's just say I've been in a number of. What did you act in? Regional it? Icelandic commercials. Oh, Ray Javik. Mm-hmm. What did you say, Reykjavik? Reykjavik, I, regional Reykjavik, Icelandic commercials. What what for? Well, the, uh, they haven't been released, and they mostly just shot me in front of green screen saying a bunch of words in Icelandic. So it could be for anything, but mostly it was for bread. Okay. But I was never brought in for more roles than just, you know, they'd have me strip down, be shirtless, and carry things around being nice and strong. So I would love and then to go do out. art sometimes. Sometimes I would do art. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, does that apply to you? If the check clears, I'd do it. Okay. I think that's a really concise worldview. And I think that uh, what I want to know is going into writing, I mean, 
where did that skill set come from? Because Black Ask is going to be taking a lot of your time and then sitting down to write a book. I mean, not everybody has a book in them. No, and see, and if when you do film in America, you'll understand this. There's a lot of downtime. Sure. Mm. That's when Marty Short was knocking on my door, trying to knock on my boots. <laughs> and have and I with- said, not on my watch. Hey. So, actually, the people wanted this book from me. I do shows like this. I go on the radio. I promote my live act. I'm going to be at the Venetian Hotel in Las Vegas. The beautiful Venetian (laughs) Venetian, Hotel. Yes. And so I do interviews, and the people, they love what I have to say, and I talk about some of my history, and people want it. And so I said, if they want it, I'll do it. And so I sat down, and it was hard. And I said, Rochelle, baby, this is going to be hard, baby. But you got to do it. You got to tell your story. Not everybody gets to tell their story. Not everybody has ownership over their story. But I have ownership over my story. Yes, you do. And I know a big part of this book, you 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 had mentioned that, that you were the... the uh, uh, first black person to be admitted to uh, Juilliard. Hey! Yeah, I was the first person to be uh, laughed out of the my audition. They they, hey! laughed, they laughed me out of the room. Hey! Yeah, but I wonder if you could talk about your hey! experience at, at all. Oh, you talk about yours. What happened? They yeah. laughed at you. Colin, they you've did. never yeah, told I, me this. So I, you told yeah. me you got into Juilliard. Oh, well, because I was so you embarrassed. You stopped coming to our book club. Yeah. Well, I was so embarrassed. So I. Because you told me you wrote that great stand-up Yeah, so I, I went in with uh, my monologue from uh, the great, uh, the great uh, Alec Baldwin monologue from uh, Boss Baby. I went in with my monologue prepared. Uh-huh. And first of all, they said, are, are you 40? Like, you can't. You can't. And then also they were, they... Which also was like, oh, you want a great actor who's older? Look at Alan Alda. Yeah. And so they laughed me at because they didn't like my monologue choice of... Uh, the Alec Baldwin monologue from Boss Baby, yeah, and and the fact that I I was uh, forty years old and had never uh, taken an acting class. Also, before. didn't your pants keep falling down? They did. Well, I, you I gotta t- keep your pants I, up, baby. I Rule told number you, one. I I, I, had just, I had you. just gotten a new pair of suspenders and I hadn't really figured out how they worked. Yeah, yet. you gotta yeah. break them in. Don't try that first day at a <laughs> so Juilliard. That was audition. the other thing too. Is I had very loud suspenders uh-huh. that I went kept in snapping. With, and they kept falling. They kept snapping, and then my pants would fall down. And I have to start all over that again. Sucks. And you know, take it from the top where I'm like, now I'm the boss and I'm a baby. I also never saw the movie and you were just sort of winging I, it. I kinda like based on the trailer what I thought, like I thought you wrote your well, own. Well, the way you just read that line was comedic. You yeah. know, do that again. I'll coach yeah. you right now. They should have laughed you okay. into Julia. I thought so. Okay, here we go. Now I'm the boss. And I'm a baby. See, that's comedic because you're taking all these breaks inside of it. Yeah. The, and you're not compelling to the, the heart. Yeah. Mm. I I could have probably gotten that line out in half the time, but I drew it out for, for comedy. Yes, which, the yeah. duration is comedic. And yeah. I do comedy. Black ask we do comedy. I know. The situation is about the family life, but we, we spin it on its head. It's not so important. We take the issues, but we make it funny. Now, that was comedic. But if you want to do a dramatic, got to shoot to the heart. I'm the boss and I'm the baby. Do it. Okay. Here we go. I'm the boss and I'm the baby. There was still a pause. Oh, yeah. It's, it's still a pause in it. Faster. I'm the boss. I'm the baby. 
I'm the boss. I'm the baby. He seems scared. <laughs> well, I, I thought that, I mean, he's a baby, so everything's new. Take and it home and work yeah. on it. Okay. I kind of want to workshop something. But you are a successful actor. You do the leading male roles. I what will more say do you want, bitch? This, I have not gotten any paychecks from those acting gigs. I did get booked. I it's did fly myself out. It's because your spirit is to- ungenerous. You are taking a moment away from your co-host. Mm-hmm. You have enough. I'm the boss. I'm the baby. <laughs> You sound like Scooby Doo's bad brother. I sound like Scooby Doo. I just feel like we're in the presence, like because we, yeah, sure, we write constantly, we get published all the time, we go out for regional commercials, but we also host this podcast where I'd say that almost oh, we are performing with our voices. Well, that's true. I mean, we're lucky enough to have a performer in the room. Yeah, I'm just wondering if there's something that we could, Ooh. you know, I, like, do you have any tips for someone breaking into the acting industry? Or performance in general. The one tip I would have for everybody out there hoping, wishing, praying to do what I do. A lot of pauses. Well, I, I think read my book. That's what I was gonna say. Read my book. <laughs> I think. I think we also just. We actually. I, in a book. I think we may have just gotten a live teaching moment that you take too many pauses. It's comedic. You pause even longer. It becomes more dramatic than you ever That's thought it. possible. That's, That's it. That is some. That is some great advice. Now, is there ever any animosity towards uh, Tyler Perry for donning a costume to take? A role that he doesn't actually live in. You know, in order to protect my bags, I'm not going to speak on Tyler. What do we do? We count it out. One, two, three, four, fifth. You know what? That's Bleed fair. them all. <laughs> Next question. What do you think about celebrity culture? Oh, hey. Mm. Be more specific. So just sort of like kind of nuts how we're all obsessed with celebrities, and you're a celebrity, so hey. is it hard for you with the paparazzi? Uh, the, uh, the paparazzi don't get me, because I'm I'm old school, I'm low-key, I'm not, you know, the Ariana, Ariana cafes, and I'm not one of those, you know, what they really tracking them down and making it hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it's more about online, because the trolls, they'll get you, you gotta read the comments. See, I read the comments. I got oh, the time. I'm in the can't, trailer. You can't read the comments. They're nice to me, but I oh. know that they tear other people up. Yeah, okay. I know some of the other babies. They come to me. You know, I it's I, I have three grandchildren on the show, and you know it's it's really hard out there. So I don't envy the kids now. Yeah. You know, people can be, be vicious. You're, read, you're reading page six. They found out who I fucked. I would read it in a newspaper. I would say I fucked who? See, I was in a blackout. Sometimes that's how you had to find out From who you fucked. I had to find out in page six. Now the trolls will tell you. Hmm. I saw you here. The AI technology saw you here. They can just put your face on everything. It's called a deep fake. They have you fucking a pig and say it to you and say, I didn't fuck that pig. But see, I was in such a cloud in the 70s and the 80s that I had to believe that I fucked the pig. How long did this go on for before you realized that you didn't do this? No, I'm talking about now with the deep fakes. Oh, okay, If okay. I was now with the celebrity culture now, but I've escaped it. Okay. And also, I read that. I think you did fuck that pig. I ain't fuck no pig. Fuck you. The picture looked real. I will walk out of here. I know, I know. It's, it's tough. The trolls can be mean. I get the harshest hey! Yelp reviews. Huh? 
I just get the meanest, meanest Yelp reviews. You get mean Yelp reviews. Yeah. People have been reviewing me on Yelp, and they're bad. I haven't gotten above one and a half stars in years. Now, that do they, like, as if you're an establishment? Yeah. Or, or do you comment on an establishment no, and then trolls me. pick you apart? It's me. People are reviewing me on Yelp, and it's bad. Can you get yourself taken off of Yelp? I terrible service. No you, atmosphere. You've tried to get yourself taken off of Yelp, though, right? Yeah. And they won't do it? It keeps popping up. They I s- apparently have seven locations. Oh, okay. Um, shit. Real quick now. Um, just shut up for a second, Rochelle. Hey! I'm just realizing something terrible has happened. Ooh. Oh, oh no. Oh, oh just, just shut the fuck up. I did, Michael, what's wrong? Okay, well, we are ass deep in this recording, and we have completely forgotten to do our vocal warm-ups. <laughs> <sighs> the vocal warm-ups to prepare our lustrous voices for the radio and protect them from pain and strain. Yeah, the very same. I'm sorry, Rochelle. You'll have to excuse us for a minute while we warm up our vocal cords, okay? It <clears throat> doesn't matter what you think. Our livelihood is our voices and and our fingers for writing and our brains for thinking. And our lips for kissing. But right now, it's our voices for talking over you, so we just need to do this. Okay, are you ready, Michael? Ready. <clears throat> My mother makes a milk cake for her baby boy to bake. My mother makes a milk cake for her baby boy to bake. My back cracks while I eat snacks and nap. Yep. My back cracks while I eat snacks and nap. Yep. My neck, my back, my pussy, and my crack. Also my feet and my face and my heart and my little belly button. George Thorogood jogs thoroughly in jorts. My friends and family find me unfunny. I owe my friends and family money. I suck, I suck, I fucking suck. I sold my kids for a flatbed truck. And Rochelle, do you have any vocal warm-ups for uh, us to use? Hey! Oh, doesn't really matter. <clears throat> okay, here we go. <clears throat> Dale's dad died doing dirty dances. Ruth was rude to the youthful recruit who stood nude on the shoulders of 12 other nude dudes. Too true, too true. Tommy used to work on the docks. Union's been on strike. He's down on his luck. It's tough, so tough. Gina works the diner all day. Working for her man, she brings home her pay. For love, for love. She says, we've got to hold on to what we've got. It doesn't make a difference if we make it or not. We've got each other, and that's a lot for love. We'll give it a shot. Great. Well, I'm feeling really good. Are you feeling good, Michael? I feel awesome. Okay. Well, then I think we're just about ready to say goodbye to our guests. Thank you so much for coming, Rochelle Ferrara. Truly an honor. Hey! Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.